Hello. Hi, this is Tim like the Ghost. Are we waiting for somebody else? Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, like it's Taurus Tatum. Uh, okay. Would we give him like a couple of minutes? Yeah, yeah. I was speaking to him just a second ago. He should be here any second. Well, if it works. So hopefully. He's supposed to be able to do it, but I'm, I haven't tried it before. So we'll see. So let's play a little background music while we wait. Okay, cool. So let's see. We have Hayden and Jack. Is that everybody? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, just your lot for tonight. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. So this is Fam Electric Ghost, and we interview indie bands from around the world. And we're talking to Florin here from Great Britain, right? Hello. Yeah, you can hear me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. So you're from Great Britain, right? Yeah, yeah, from Manchester. Manchester. Okay, cool. And I'm just going to read your biography from your Spotify for a second. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it says, taking cues from Kendrick Lamar, Florin tell their own story of life on the streets of Macclesfield. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. Um, got Cheshire, it. Uh, with soft-spoken yep. indie rock. You tackle subjects from violent gang warfare to the rising price of Ruddle's best. <laughs> Lauren have found a critical acclaim with the groundbreaking verse, chorus, verse, chorus, songwriting style. So you guys um, talked about how you were like your your hero, J.K. Rowling. You were sitting in line waiting to get like Harry Potter and a Philosopher's <laughs> Stone signed. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, so I'm looking at your, um, your, um, your Spotify and looking at your overview. And... Um, your is your latest effort? Um, let's try to see. Is it, um, you have a bunch of records out. You have an EP, right? Just... Yeah. So, so there's uh, the three songs that are on Spotify are uh, the EP yep. um, that we just released. Um, so yeah, Lockdown was the first song we released from. That. So is the EP between each uh, other's teeth? Is that the EP? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, our first kind of recording effort. Yeah, and that's got um, Lockdown, Feather, and When I Go, right? Yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, as you can probably tell, we <laughs> we tend not to take Spotify bios too seriously, so it's a bit <laughs> tongue in cheek. Well, yeah, um, you only get paid like less than pennies, then. So, <laughs> yeah, mm. I'm on there myself, so I know what you what it, what what it's about. But um, yeah. So as as an indie, you would would you categorize yourselves as an indie alternative rock band or something? What would you categorize yourself as? Yeah, I mean, we're generally kind of happy for other people to do the categorization for us it's kind of yeah. a yeah yeah indie rock whatever yeah because there's so many people today that are like into electronic and you know they're djs and hip-hop i i grew up yeah. liking like rock bands and so i, I yeah, yeah, have yeah. A, a deep love of you know rock bands from like the velvet underground to big star to you know the smashing pumpkins or zeppelin or you know any any guys they, they take take the effort to write their own music and, and, and try to, you know, to really lay down something that they want to put out there and what they're feeling in their music. I've always gravitated to the singer songwriters and rock bands that do that. So really, I really dig what you're doing. So maybe you can kind of talk about 
how you first got into music, how you first got together and, you know, working on this project, maybe give a little bit of a history behind how you got to this, how you got to Florence. So, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Me, me and Rob started playing uh, guitar and he played bass. We played it in his bedroom in Macclesfield when we were like 14 under the name The Bedroom <laughs> Blasters. Because <laughs> um, they're pretty cool. And then I met Jack at college and he slotted right in. Uh, yeah, we kind wisely, of bonded over. Wisely told us to the... change our name. <laughs> and we bonded over the kind of, you know, the bands we grew up listening to, like. Like the Strokes and, and Arctic Monkeys, um, the the kind of indie bands that you know that were big as we turned sort of teenagers, and um, and I'd just been writing songs on my acoustic guitar and stuff, and these guys were, you know, doing something a bit bigger and more exciting in a band. So uh, yeah, we we got together and started playing some gigs, trying to write some music. So do you guys have like a recording, like someplace like a garage or a basement that you record as a full band? Um, well, the tracks we recorded at um, the Edge Studio in Cheshire, mm-hmm. but uh, we kind of practice here and there. We used to practice in our our drummer's bedroom, mm-hmm. uh, so like it's just literally wherever wherever we can, wherever you know. can get the space. Yeah, because it's hard. Like with a lot of the modern music, you can have your Pro Tools or your Ableton Live, and you can do it and not bother anybody. Yeah. But like with a full rock band with drummer, bass, guitar, and everything it's harder to find that practice space. You know, you find it wherever you can, but. Um... Exactly. Uh, we'd love to have a, a garage, you know, in the, in the great American tradition, but we, we don't have that kind of space. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> how it works. A lot of times in the U.S., you know, we have basements in the Northeast. I'm in the Northeast, of, you know, the United States, and I've always been in, you know, people's garages and basements. Um, <laughs> yeah. kind of... Everything's just bigger, more space. Yeah, yeah, you just find places to do that, but. um. It's cool. You find wherever you're going to get into it. But so, so you said, uh, you know, when did you realize you had a talent for like writing your own? So, um, yeah, I think I was just asking you, like, when did you realize that you had a talent for um, writing your own music? So we can talk to you about it until he comes in. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of always grew up with music around the, the house. My dad played the guitar. Um, and, and so I always kind of played a bit of guitar. And I was probably about 15 and... I can't remember quite what song it was, but I, I remember like listening to I think some David Bowie, and oh. just thinking, oh, I could I could maybe try and and play this and and sing this, and kind of within sort of weeks, it some it turned from something that I'd kind of mess around with every now and then to something that became kind of a, an obsession. Um, wow. And yeah, it just it really was it was about the writing for me. I just. I loved kind of trying to craft new songs and come up with uh, new sounds. So did you um, start on a guitar or you start with, is that your primary instrument? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Uh, but I think we have your co bandmates on now. I see them. Uh, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we were continuing our discussion on like, how did you get into music and like, when did you decide that you could actually write music? So you, I can ask you the same question. Yeah. Uh, I guess similar to Jack, but I just like, liked messing around. And at first I was just covering like, songs of the bands I loved, primarily Red Hot Chili Peppers, I guess. And then I thought it'd be cool if I could write something of my own. So I guess you've just got to sit down and do it eventually so as like a guitar as a guitar kind of rock band how did you guys like before you go to the studio do you put down your demos in some way how do you record your demos and stuff or do you yeah, i mean it's it, yeah it's kind of it, it was just on on a phone we we try to you know put things together on, on a computer and stuff and i think to be honest because this was our first mm-hmm recording effort this this ep we learned so yeah. much from this process and kind of just the things we're working on now like okay. we you kind of you you start writing songs in a different way you start planning it differently once you've had that yeah you that have studio experience. experience you know because yeah. you know what you're working towards uh in a different way so did you primarily you know really structure the songs in the studio or like I talked no. to some bands and they do like Ableton Live or Pro Tools and then they go into the studio and then they really take that and stretch it out. But those are more like DJs and electronic and hip hop. Yeah. So I was wondering with a rock band, do you kind of just put it down on whatever source you can tape or do you yeah, I mean, start to use those DAWs and stuff? I don't, I don't know what, what Hayden would say, but I think we kind of were, they were quite rough songs, you know, just from, playing live or or in like a house and stuff before we went to the studio and the producer the producer there mark really helped us turn them into uh something more suitable of uh putting on spotify yeah yeah so you're going with the old traditional model you know because when i was like in the basement back in the in the 80s because i'm a 50 year old we might have a task cam four tracker and we would use our task cam you know tape analog tape four track and tape our sessions and then you know put things together by refining jam sessions you know taking yeah. jam sessions and pulling songs out of jams and then figuring out out of like 30 minutes or 60 minutes of jams did we have some tunes um yeah so is that kind of like the way you were doing it yeah, yeah. um we uh as as yeah we definitely uh got some useful things out of just recording yeah jams as well that's a really good technique which which i'd not thought about doing until i i saw um a david bowie exhibition in barcelona with, with hayden and cool. he talked about that there was a thing in it where he said how we just record like jam sessions with his band for like hours mm-hmm. and just like like play it back to find like little few seconds of like yeah. brilliant bits that he'd kind of steal and i think there's there's no shortcuts really you just got to put that time and kind of yeah like mess it Definitely. I think we lost your buddy, though. We still have Hayden. You still there? Um, yeah, I mean, that's a technique. Well, hopefully he'll come back and maybe yeah, that link is still active. Um, uh, it should still be active. If it's not, I'll have to send another one. But, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of the great bands, like the Allman Brothers, you know, Eric Clapton, they all talk about doing these jam sessions. Yeah. that created some of their best work is just kind of sitting there and then pulling out 
the Grateful Dead were really famous for that too. Um, it's a really, you know, classic, you know, rock band or, you know, that type of structure. You know, do that type of work, which I think is, is very useful in today's world where a lot of people, you know, totally craft a song within a, a digital audio workstation. And then sometimes those don't have the kind of life or, or the, the kind of feeling that some of the classic, you know, rock songs had. Um, and so I think it's cool that you're still doing that. Yeah, yeah, we do that. And usually Jack will, uh, Jack will go away mm-hmm. and, like, write a song as a, on his acoustic guitar. Like you yeah, I might have to a send a new link. And then... You see if the link, if that old link doesn't work, I'm going to actually send a text to your floor and band section. That's fine. Uh, link may not work. So I might have to actually send a new link for him to get back in. That's cool. So I might have to figure it out. Yeah, it's fine. Cause I one time I had a an episode where we had to, you know, these start and stops, but it all strung together. So right. don't worry. Um, you're back yeah, in. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it could, sometimes you know I've never tried having this is the capability that Anchor says that you can do, but whether or not uh, having the two two different people on the same call is. Uh, yeah, it seems like there's a challenge with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he just dropped out. Yeah. Of um, but um, yeah, I want to kind of get into your, at least we'll try to keep on going and see if you can get back yeah, in. Yeah, sure. Um, so it sounds like like your your influences, you talked about Bowie, you talked about Arctic Monkeys, you talked about, um, you also talked about um, a band I was really into um, from New York. And now, now I'm having a brain fart, but I think you you were mentioning the Strokes. Yeah, which, yeah, you know, yeah. The Strokes are really big, probably like around nine nine eleven time period. Um, you know, two thousand one. They were really big. They're not as big as they used to be, but I still appreciate their style of music. But hey, so we got we got you back. <laughs> we're still continuing. <laughs> um, I was just talking about your, your, the, the influence of the Strokes. That's interesting because I've talked to a lot of bands in the last year, and not that many actually mention the Strokes. I mean, I, the Strokes are a favorite of mine, but that's kind of interesting that you guys brought that up. And so, like, how 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 much like love do you have for the, them? I mean, are they a big big draw for you? Yeah, it's just simple, deceptively simple. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like- is that what? The- like the rhythm chords and then like a straight riff over the top just works like it's, it's none of it's over complicated is it but it just sounds yeah yeah it's kind of like a ska kind of clash yeah, yeah, yeah. like very pure type of type of music it had it had to be you know it's infectious yeah. it had this infectious beat and you know i just i like the whole style and the whole but sometimes in music you know you do that and then suddenly it's not in fashion anymore but you know, classic bands like the Strokes. You know, they're 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 a big draw for me. Um, I show my age. I mean, I like bands like Who's Could Do and the Replacements and a lot of you know uh, indie college radio from the early eighties. Um, the big draw for me, but yeah, I'd, yeah, I think that that kind of their style as well. Really, that no frills sort of style just really shows off the writing as well in a really really good way. Yeah, I mean, kind of if you get into a band like Who's to Do, I don't know if you're into them as much, 
but they had this kind of power punk. Melody, yeah. Grant Hart, and Bob Moe just had this kind of really pure punk aesthetic that they were doing punk in a way back in the 80s um, that like no other band was really doing. You know, then you get Nirvana, but Who's to Do was really tearing it up at the time, you know, yeah. it, it, when they were on SST. I've not, I've not uh, heard of it. I, have you got, have yeah, you got a song to, to recommend? Was, yeah, Who's to Do was um, a classic American punk band. Um, they were re- really active in the in the mid '80s from Minneapolis, and uh, they just had a sound that's very, very like melodic power punk, wow. and it's H U S K E R D U. And if you check them out, um, they had a song called "Books About UFO" from an album called "New Day Rising." Uh, New Day Rising is a really good record. They, they had a double. They have two like double albums. It's a great name for a song that. Yeah, it's like Zen Arcade, it's this crazy album they, they did. It was like a double record that they recorded in a warehouse within 48 hours. They just laid everything down in 48 hours. And they just took whatever they had and they recorded it live. And it kind of shows you this raw kind of power. And even though I'm an electronic musician, I've always been very interested in the punk aesthetic that you get from like bands like The Clash and, you know, Who's to Do and bands like that that just uh, kind of really trigger me in terms of like that kind of purity in sound uh, is something that you can kind of use in industrial music and more advanced uh, synth wave that's kind of aggressive but so uh, you guys are primarily like are total you don't really use keyboards or electronics or you're pure rock bass drum guitar mm-hmm. right Ben? I think we're... Yeah so so far <laughs> yeah, I think we want to expand uh, yeah, eventually I think if you listen really carefully on um on when I go, there might be a, an organ somewhere in the background. Yeah, that's, about that's it. cool because a lot of people say like rock is dead, and I don't believe that. I, I still have I still have a lot of love for rock. You know, rock and punk is a big part of what I like to listen to. Um, but I think people have to come at it with energy and kind of not repeat maybe the mistakes of why people don't like rock as much anymore. So do you yeah. have any feelings about like what's going on in 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 your area of the world? Is like your your friends, what is their musical taste? Does, does it really gravitate toward rock, or are they moving in different directions? Are you finding it easy to get an audience with your music? I, just, I feel like live music in general is just dying around here. Like you don't get people going to gigs and like just you know gigs of bands they've not heard of all the time and like you know giving it a chance. There's not. It's not really that. Yeah, is it really more people want to go to like EDM? Yeah, DJ if, if they're just based, yeah. if they're going to go for it, yeah, it's like... like a different a different culture like here to sort of the rest of Europe, where they'll tend to be more open to I don't know, maybe paying a bit of money to see a band they've not heard of before. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, whereas when it's here, people are kind of maybe a bit more don't want to part with the money to take a, a risk on a. Oh, a new act or something, you know. You'd rather see a cover band than than to see yeah. a new band. Yeah, yeah we run into that parts of the Northeast. Like I live in New Hampshire, and there's you know you you you, you, could, you have to go to a club. You got to play the Eagles or Freebird from you know Leonard Skinner to get anybody to want to hear you. But if you go to Boston or New York, you can play whatever you want. Nice. So so it's probably like London. Yeah. You can probably play whatever you want. But but like where you guys are, you might have a harder time. Yeah, and I get why. I get that people, you know, don't necessarily want to 
listen to i don't know turn up to a gig and it's a guy with a just a didgeridoo talking about when he was abducted by aliens or something <laughs> but the kind of the madness and the, yeah. the unexpected is the unexpected element is kind of a live music scene great as well so uh, yeah it's a bit of a shame yeah it just seems like I, I would say though american radio is really bad that um you know our satellite radio and stuff is okay but like it seems like the bbc you guys play more from more genres than what our radio stations do our radio stations are still playing like tom petty every day like they're still playing like led zepp over and over and over um and they don't really give a lot of new music a chance you know yeah, yeah. i mean you get, you get that on the bbc as well uh, yeah, like the same kind of thing going on have to be, to be to give them their credit they do have um bbc introducing which tries to find kind of largely acts and, and give them a, a platform you know yeah, i think uh, you guys give more of a platform than our guys our guys just keep on running the 1975 playlist <laughs> um, yeah, i think that's probably fair uh, but um yeah tonight i had a i had a conversation i'm an electronic musician so i had a conversation with somebody and they automatically assumed i was a dj and then they said well you know you have to you know bring a cdj and do a show and i'm like i was slightly offended because i'm a musician you know and i, I and I'm, I'm an analog synthesizer player so yeah. i play like mogs and stuff and i'm not going to take my moog sounds and put them on a cdj and then go in and you know barely touch the buttons and be, <laughs> be a dj you know i i want to play my hammer i want to play my moog you know yeah, live. and 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 there seems to be a misunderstanding with some people that think that that somebody on a CDJ is doing the same thing as somebody on a like a Moog Model D or a Hammond organ. You know, it's like it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so I mean, I think that, that, that that's why I've always been, like I love talking to bands like yourself that uh, that do like live music. I talked to some guys named The Muted. They're from like the London area, like last year. And uh, they were, they're kind of punky. They, they, their heroes were like Green Day. But they are writing their own music like you guys. And, and they are writing you know, rock, more punk rock music. But it is, it is cool to actually see you know, young folks like yourself still doing it. Because like I said, I'm in my 50s. And uh, to see you know, the, the, the energy of, of you know, some of the younger generation still trying to do this alternative. Or, you know, I would just say, you know, it's pretty if you want to go and write your own music, that that's a big step because, you know, there's so many people who just do covers and, uh, you know, learning how to craft songs uh, is, is a skill. And from the songs I've heard on your EP, you guys got to have a good sound. You have a very good sound. And, oh, thanks uh, man. And, yeah, yeah was, I was listening. It. I was listening a lot today. I'm going to be pushing it out. We'll, we'll put the links to all your music on this podcast and this podcast goes out on like 12 different platforms including oh, great. spotify apple stitcher you know google there's many many platforms that goes out right now we're hit about 10k in listeners on our oh, platform that's, that's awesome so uh, hopefully this will give you a boost because uh, yeah i'm really excited when i see people actually still writing music um Though I talk to lots of different artists, and you can, you don't want to like limit who you talk to, but it, it always excites me when I when I hear bands actually like yourself actually doing what what you guys are doing. So are you guys working on another 
record or are you working on touring or you work on trying to do gigs yeah we're, we're working on uh getting some new some different music uh down we want to like we were saying before we want to incorporate some of the keyboard stuff in there i think um, i think i think yeah we're, the re- recording process of this this first ep taught us so much like there was so much we didn't understand when we went in um and and yeah that that experience has made us really think oh we we want to try a few different things something a bit more ambitious maybe something i don't know so, something a bit a bit crazier sounding you know so have you thought about um because, because of the way the world is today have you thought about collaborating with like djs and electronic musicians or female singers have you thought about doing things like that to like bring that in or are you just trying to expand your sound within your own what, the way you're set up right now i mean i don't think we thought about it too much we'd always be uh open to yeah collaborating um i think the the last person we did anything with outside of the band was uh I think my sister recorded some backing vocals on a demo we did a while back. Um, but yeah, I think we're always open to working with other people. Yeah, because I've seen that like a lot. There's a lot of merging of genres today, you know. Yeah. And um, but you guys have a really good sound. So I would just like to hear like a full record of the current sound you have on your EP, because it's um, you know. And if you added some keyboard flourishes there, you know, maybe modular synth or analog. Because I'm a big analog guy. Um, I understand all the digital sense out there and I use them, but the analog sound kind of goes yeah. with like guitars. You know, if you use yeah. modul- modular sense, just as a, just as a, as a synth guy, using a modular analog synth with your type of music, I think would really add to it compared to using like a digital plugin. It'd be worthwhile to actually use the analog sounds, I think, cause they just uh, are very distinctive. Um, it can give you like an edge, um, but that's just my opinion. But <laughs> well, well, we, tr- we trust your opinion. Analog, you know, what you're analog talking about. Yeah. Analog's always best. Yeah, yeah. Just even if you go and you master your record on an analog soundboard, or your mastering process is using analog like compressors and you know just mastering tools rather than the digital, especially with a rock band, I think you get a better breadth of the signal you know the signal you just like you know for my example i'm i use modes if you take a mode and put it into fl studio or ableton live it cuts off half the signal and then you don't even hear what it really sounds like so you have to you know you know if you're using analog instruments it's better to try to do analog recording with them um but you know some people you know it's harder it costs more money it depends on if you go to a studio that happens to have that capability it's cool you know you can find the guys that have that um it's always to me it just sounds warmer it sounds better and you know people argue back and forth which way is better but i'm always gonna kind of go on the analog side (laughs) yeah i mean i think we it was it wasn't so much that we had i don't know like specific instruments we wanted to put in i think it was just that we kind of uh Mark Winterburn, the guy who produced uh, our stuff, was just um, so great at kind of showing us how the studio can be, mm-hmm. you know, an, an instrument in itself. And we just oh, thought, yeah. right, next time we want to really utilize that differently and how, we, and how we structure songs from the beginning and, and stuff. Yeah, because I mean, George Martin was like the fifth Beatle. He was like using the studio as an instrument, you know. Yeah, and exactly. If you get bands like, you know, big, uh, if you know about Big Star, but 
they'd start with like an American copy of the Beatles, and they had this okay. guy. Uh, it was like Alex Chilton was a famous like uh, singer in a band called the Box Tops, and he made an American version of the Beatles called Big Star. And he had this guy, Chris Bell, was a big devotee of um, of George Martin, and he actually you know did a lot of studio techniques that were mirroring what George was doing in terms of using the studio as an instrument, and that that is a really cool concept that people you know, shouldn't, shouldn't lose out on <laughs> yeah, in, this, in this day and age where people have Ableton live and all the other tools, uh, like a real studio, you can do so much. Uh, it's, it's still worth it to, to, to try to go that way. So I'm glad you guys are, you're, you're going in that direction. Yeah, for sure. So, um, what are your thoughts on the future of music? I know we've been talking about it uh, a little bit, but um, like, where do you see music going in the next couple of years based on, you know, your area of the world? Wow, future of music. What do you reckon, Hayden? Um, I mean, I think, like, like you said, I, I see just more kind of mixing up of, of genres. Um, yeah. But, but, but I, th I, don't know. I think there's always going to be things come in cycles and I think there's always going to be a place for kind of the classic sounds that, that, you know, have always been kind of popular and, and rock and, and stuff like that. I think there's always going to be a place for that. Yeah. I think people will always, yeah. always pick up a guitar and play a guitar. That, that won't change. Yeah. I think there's, yeah. You th I think rock is not dead for all the people who say it's dead. You know, there will always be, you know, everybody's looking for the next Nirvana or they're looking for the next, you know, big, you know, rock band like an ACDC or something that's going to really be able to kick it. But, you know, nobody expected in the 80s like a band like like Def Leppard to yeah. come out. Yeah, and that came out of nowhere. You know, nobody expected Guns N' Roses. You, you know, so sometimes these bands just come out because they're guys that are just playing at a level and you can't stop them. You know, and it just blows through even though everybody says the genre's dead and it comes back. And so I see... That's you know that's how I feel about it, and you know, and just being a synth player, I've seen like you know new wave sounds coming back in bands like the Churches, you know you know being able to do this kind of synth wave new wave sound, um, and so people thought it was dead, and you know that type of music is is really pushing it all over the world, and that that I think that's emerging of some of the like the all the new synthesizer stuff that's out there now, Moog and Prophet. And all these modular gears allowing people to build really classic sound from the 1970s um, and bring that into their music today. And it's being brought into hip hop and jazz and rock and everywhere. So I think it's going to be like a lot of people not just using plugins, but actually using hardware synths um, in, in their music um, and, and bringing those tones into their music. I think that's, you know, on top of it, like mixing poetry and hip-hop and jazz and all these different things i think that's how what i've been seeing is that seems to be the trend is that there's no shouldn't be a wall between genres there's a lot of merging and i think bands that pick up on that you know kind of like what happened with the clash with like sandinista yeah you know they went from the you know the, the kind of pure rock that they pure punk they were doing and then they went found scott they found caribbean african beats and yeah, when bands do that, they can expand the sound. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think that as well. it's just. Yeah, and I think it's just like recording and, and communicating becomes easier and cheaper. It's just you're right; it's going to happen more and more. Um, that those, as you say, those kind of walls break down. Yeah. Yeah, like collaborations. Like I've I've done collaborations in New Hampshire with people in LA, you know, and I never even went to LA. I actually did a whole record with an LA female artist, and we recorded a record between between our home studios. We did a record, and um, and you know that type of collaboration you can do like worldwide. And so there's a lot of uh, capability now of people sending tracks, you know, over the net and then bringing it into their home studio and doing overdubs and being able to actually work on projects they would have never thought you could work on, you know? So I think that opens up the door to a lot of people you know, working together in, in ways that maybe people didn't consider. Yeah. So are you guys working on any kind of music videos or anything on your, um, like your online presence, like for, uh, you know, the whole world's like on YouTube and, and, uh, you know, Instagram, have you looked into different ways of promoting your band? Um, well, we'd, we'd love to have them, uh, the money to put together a, a proper video, but, um, we, uh, there's a, a short film from, um, Let's see, I've forgotten the name of the film now. Hayden, sorry, do you remember the, the name of the, the short film we used, or the music video? Uh, for Look uh, Down? Yeah. Yeah, it was the... Um... Oh, Boy and Bicycle. That yeah, one, yeah, wasn't yeah. It? it was Who's It's First Film. Cool. Uh, Ridley Scott's, yeah. Ridley yeah, Scott's. Ridley Scott's oh, first film, yeah. It was the um, as a, uh, a student um, in Hartlepool, where my family's from in the northeast and um, it's a really uh, cool little film so um we had no money to make a video and that was um on the, the bfi it's like a, a kind of creative commons license thing you know so, so, oh yeah so you use some of that film and then you like, yeah we kind of a video just with that. cut it around a bit and, and, yeah. and made that and um we were really kind of happy with how it turned out actually yeah, it works. somehow it works really well that's, that's a good technique you know, that's a, really well yeah, that's a really that's a classic technique you know it's a good way that you use you know common footage that's like not copyright you know protected anymore that you know then you can actually get your music out on youtube you get it on instagram you get it on these different channels because now even instagram has up to like 10 minute videos yeah uh, that you can put up and so getting your music on these uh visual uh forms is, is really key to getting people to pay attention and even like recording a gig like on a iphone through like a rolling go mixer and then pushing up like a facebook live performance from like your like if you really get that you know something tight in your practicing you could record your 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 um your rehearsals and put them up on like Facebook Live, and then get people really into your band, and it's kind of like they get to see like the gig before the gig. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and, uh, that's something we that's, talked about um, a little bit more as we kind of as uh, the sort of the new project gets going a bit. You know, kind of try and involve people more in that creative process, and 
and as and as we're walk, working towards you know gigs in the studio like giving yeah. people more more insight into what what we're doing sort of yeah yeah just getting a tripod you know and getting your iphone get like a roll and go mixer and then do a live stream of you guys like recording once you figure you have got a good good track or something that kind of involvement with your fans they can get really into it you know and so it can give you a presence that's like there get people involved in your process you know and uh it, i recommend it because it's something i actually do like facebook live performances for my home studio that's sweet. and i can get like sometimes i get three four thousand people listening you know and it's a good way to kind of practice before i do a gig i'll do my gig set list on facebook live before i even go to a gig <laughs> and then i then I, I kind of am able to perfect it because i'm actually playing live i'm just playing live from my home studio but um yeah, I mean, as a, as a keyboardist, it might be easier because I can take the soundboard and nobody hears anything, and it just goes right into the phone. As, as a rock band, it's probably harder to do that, but um, there yeah, are ways. Drums to, might be tricky, but I'm sure there are yeah, ways. Yeah, the drums are harder to, to capture unless you've got some good mixers and mics to pull them in. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's things you can do. I mean, you could always go with like acoustic performances, you yeah, know, yeah. and push them up on Facebook, and that that's kind of intimate, and people I think dig that. Yeah, get the hot rubs on the go. Yeah, you can kind of do that. Do an acoustic version, a demo version of the song, or something. Just play it on acoustic, and even playing with the, like your your sticks on the drum, just kind of tapping them out on a snare, and not having to do something as big. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, there are things you can do that don't have to be very expensive um that can still reach your fans yeah we've done a few we've done a few videos like that we did um recorded a few when we went to brazil uh like just on the beach a few acoustic covers and stuff which cost next to nothing and then yeah got us got us that engagement yeah it's just it seems like you got to give stuff to the kids a lot today you know they they got they got to see your presence constantly constantly and if you you know you're a band that takes a while to do something, it's harder to do that. But um, yeah, it's just it's just cool to see you guys out there, you know, doing your craft and you're working and you're perfecting it and you're learning. And that's you know every musician you like you learn your whole career. Um, the ones that keep on going, you know, they they learn how to reinvent themselves. They learn how to how to change. You know, Bowie was probably you know you mentioned Bowie. Bowie's like the, the king. Of yeah, that. completely. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's just amazing. You know, to that his last record, he just continued to to, to redefine himself. He was like and, a different musician every every yeah. album. and that's always been a big draw to me. Guys like that, guys like Lou Reed, uh, you know, Dylan Hendricks, you know, people who really just put it all. And, and I think as a musician, it's like when you're doing it, you you do it because you love it. You do it because you have something to say, and you know if. That's why I feel that, you know, I like to talk to the young folks, you know, doing music because you can hear new things going on. And I, I hear some really cool things in your music. And uh, I hope you keep on going and uh, you just keep on pushing. And if you have, have other projects that are ready, um, you can always come back on the show. Oh, thanks. Well, yeah, we're, we're still excited. Uh, like you say, yeah, learning lots. And yeah, we'd love to come back sometime. Yeah, it'd be a pleasure, man. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you've got like a new project you want to push uh give me a give me a ring i'm going to push this out with all your spotify links if you got any youtube links you want me to to kick out let me know yeah, we'll send um, you a message. and i can 
yeah, I can actually put like a lot of links on this. So send me as many as you can and I'll fit everyone I can into the project. I'll be pushing this out tonight. So if you can send me some of those tonight, that'd be cool. I can't update this. Um, so if I, if you don't send me all of them today, I can get them in there later. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy talking to you, Hayden and Jack from uh, Florida. Wow. And you guys uh, keep keep on pushing. Thank you. you know, keep on rocking in the free world as that Neil Young said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Paul. Okay. Yeah, have a good night. You too. And you. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye. This is Bam Electric Ghost and our latest album, The Flower That Blooms at Midnight in the Tomb, featuring the track Lollipop All Day Sucker, is available on all streaming services, including Amazon, Tidal, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube Red, and many, many more. So check us out. The Lollipop video is on YouTube. All these, um, that's the f- first track on the album. So check out Fam Electric Ghost, The Flower That Blooms at Midnight in the Tomb, available now on all streaming services.